Hey, may the fourth be with you. I have a very special treat for you guys with two of the people that I would always love to talk about Star Wars with. I've got David W. Collins here. He's an actor and a host that you've seen on stage at Star Wars Celebration and heard in games like Star Wars The Force Unleashed and in shows like The Boss Baby Back in Business. David's day job is a variety of roles in the sound and music departments at Lucasfilm and he has worked on shows like The Mandalorian, The Bad Batch, Willow, Tales of the Jedi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars Visions, and so many more. And Sam Witwer joins us. You know him as Starkiller from The Force Unleashed. He is the voice of Darth Maul. He's had big roles on Battlestar Galactica, Smallville, Supergirl. He was Aiden White and Being Human, Deacon St. John and Days Gone. Recently, he appeared on Mythic Quest and the in the Callisto Protocol. And you'll see him right now in the Burning Shores DLC for Horizon Forbidden West as Walter Londra, which is terrific, by the way. And you'll also hear both of these guys in the sensational Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is awesome. And uh, I think we should start right there. I want to kind of recap a little bit of what's been going on in the galaxy of Star Wars with you two. Uh, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor has just launched. And I saw tweets from both of you that you're enjoying your progress so far. David, why don't we start with you? How is it playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor? Oh, it's great. You know, I, I was I, I was saying earlier that, you know, working on Star Wars means that I I haven't seen a a movie or a show with Star Wars since The Phantom Menace that wasn't somehow spoiled for me by working on it. With Jedi right. Survivor, you know, the stuff that we did in the studio was all Stormtrooper, you know, uh, Stormtrooper fodder. You know, oh, no, it's a Jedi, that sort of stuff. And um, because of that, the story was kept pretty much spoiler free for me. So I'm I'm now on the third planet and uh, slowly making my way through it, you know, between when I'm supposed to be working, I keep taking Jedi Survivor breaks, but it's a lot of fun hearing us uh, uh, get cut to pieces and people say, oh, I feel bad, you know, cause I recognize your voice. I'm like, don't worry, I'm, I'm doing it as well. <laughs> you know, like- That's awesome. We're all, um, we're all doing it. Yeah, and it, it's funny because we had this, Sam and I had this conversation about how Wiley Coyote stormtroopers are sometimes the best stormtroopers, and there's sort of this, <laughs> this like conscious effort by multiple people to to do this. Ever since we saw stormtroopers in that weapon testing facility and the Behind the Magic DVD or CD-ROM from like '98, yeah. and then again on Force Unleashed when we were doing Force Unleashed, I remember directing this, the actors to, you know, when Sam's character was like force levitating them all around to just you know do all this crazy improv and. So that stuff is just really fun. I don't know why it's fun to just throw battle droids and stormtroopers off cliffs, but it really is. It's so funny that they're like looking out over the vistas and they're just enjoying some quiet time. And then Cal Kestis comes and force pushes them off the edge. Yeah. What's it like for you, Sam, as Starkiller in The Force Unleashed, you're seeing Cameron Monaghan take the role on camera and sort of the all the facial detail and all that stuff. It's the actor as the character. There aren't that many people in in our universe that can uh, understand what what he must feel like. What's it like for you to play the game through that perspective? Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, it's I mean, the technology has come a long, long way since we did it in 2007. Um, yeah. Released in 2008. So it's just fantastic to see how far it's gone. And I, yeah, I immediately, Collins and I got on the phone. And we're like, this is great. Have you played it? Oh my God, I've played it too. It's so cool. Yeah. So we are just enjoying the hell out of it, you know. Was there a sense of, you know, some of the force powers and some of the capabilities that they're able to engineer now? Was that stuff that you guys were kind of shooting for with the Force Unleashed and they're able to achieve it because the horsepower is there? Well, the the force is actually uh, a little bit more subtle than than it is in the mm. force. Unleashed. Force unleashed was supposed to be forces amped to eleven. So in this, it's not like he when he force pushes someone, it's not like he's the, he's hitting someone with a cannonball and they're flying five miles that way. Yeah, uh, because yeah, he's not pulling bit, star destroyers out of the space, right? No, no, no. He's more like mind tricking the star destroyer pilot into pushing it down. You know, uh, Cal Cal's a little bit more economical and smart than Starkiller when it comes to brute force. Um, so, so, um, you know, anyway, yeah, there it's there in terms of, um, technology, I just see it in the detail of the environments and stuff like that. It's just really incredible to see. It's a huge, huge game. It really is. Yeah. The exploration, like even compared to Jedi fallen order, which was also fantastic. This is so much more room to roam, which is really appreciated, right? It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. 
have you been asked a million times already if we're going to see a confrontation or, or a collaboration or some kind of meeting between Starkiller and, and Cal Kestis? I get Is that, that a, it? Do I get you? Asked yeah. that often enough. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, you know, again, I, I, Force Unleashed was always meant to be in its own universe. It, there was never any ambiguity over whether this was literally um, in the cinematic Star Wars. You know, yeah. when George approved those concepts, the story concepts and the the physical concepts of how the Force would be portrayed. George was like, yes, for for this for the purposes of this video game which is a specific campfire around which you tell certain stories. This is how the force is going to behave. You go over to the Clone Wars, that's a different campfire. You go over to the movies, it's a different campfire. And you know what I mean? It's Dave Filoni and I once had this, this uh, argument that educated me greatly because I was all concerned. There was this thing I was recording as Darth Maul for this audiobook, And it wasn't strictly speaking consistent with something that we did in Clone Wars. Right. And I said, Dave, what should I do? Should I tell them to change the line? Should I blah, blah, What do you think? How do I, how do I solve this problem? And, you know, and he was working on, uh, I don't know, Mandalorian at the time, where he's having, bringing Luke Skywalker to the screen. And he just <laughs> said, Sam, it's good if, if the stories are different. But what do you mean? It's a, it has to be consistent. He's like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. These are all tall mm-hmm. tales. And they all, all of the tellings, it's great if it's a little bit different. That That's reason to go seek that out, to get a different perspective on the same story. This right. campfire that night that was told that story, this happened and Ahsoka's lightsaber was blue. But over here, you heard the same story and Ahsoka's lightsaber was green. And that's good. And And when I thought about what he said, I'm like, he's right. And that's always been the way it was with George. You know, it was the way we always yeah. did it. With Wars. Yeah. There was no real expectation that the books had to line up 100% with what we were doing and that that had to line up with 100% with what this was. That having a little bit of, you know, George has even said, Star Wars is told by R2-D2. Right. Those movies, he's like, yeah, the, all the movies are told by R2-D2 and that's why R2 saves everyone all the time. Right. You know, um, yeah. but you get a different telling and, you know, if you tell, the, tell it from Darth Vader's perspective, it's probably a different group of movies. You know? Yeah, it's it's so true. They're fables, right? And they're be they're fables. meant to be interpreted and and meant to be picked up by people. And and interesting analysis there with R two D two telling the story because BD one is the storyteller in Jedi Survivor, and they did a beautiful job with that sort of recapping as he's projecting all the stuff that happened in Jedi Fallen Order. Thought right. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The droids have this because the droids in some ways are are a little bit more objective. Uh, in some yeah. in some cases, you know, yeah. Um, Repio, I don't know about his objectivity, but he's got a. He, but he also has an extraordinary um, point of view, and and my God, we got that point of view in A New Hope. That movie yeah. is really told from R two and three PO's perspective. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, l- let me ask a droid here, uh, Proxy. Um, what what is, who is your favorite of? And you can't. You can pick yourself. You, I guess if you can. Oh, if you Proxy. Want. I mean, I suppose yeah. I would have to pick Proxy, but I mean, <laughs> Proxy is right in line with what Sam's saying about Force Unleashed, which is that that was, you know, was such a wildly ambitious uh, game for its time, you know, yeah. with brand new technology and it was using it was amazing technology and the euphoria. It was amazing. Yeah. Brand new consoles and, you know, playing on a, a PlayStation 3 versus a PlayStation 5, you know, uh, it, yep. it's, a, it's a different world we live in now, you know, and and so what we were trying to do there was just really blow everything out and just, and, and you know, make the force go crazy. And and I think that also applies to to Proxy because, I mean, he's kind of the, you know, uh, the Shang Tsung of, of Star Wars and that he can turn into anybody and has, yeah. has moves in his databanks of, of, of anybody, you know, reasonably and, you know, reasonably making a, uh, 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 getting in the proximity of force powers, but not real force powers, you know? Yeah. So that's a really cool, I've always thought that was a really cool droid to exploit. Um, there's just been so many great uh, droids over the years, you know, but BD-1 is is incredible. It's uh, really I, special, isn't it? Is it what, like, yeah. and, and honestly, when you look at him, you don't know if that's going to really sort of come to fruition mm-hmm. because he's so small and he's just like a parrot basically on Cal Kestis. But He's an incredible little character that they built there. Yeah. And I've been having a lot of fun. We've been, there's just been a lot of new droids popping up here and there, you know, and uh, I got to revisit making new R5D4 sounds for uh, Mandalorian season three. And, uh, you know, some droid sounds for um, the new show that just came out today on, on uh, Star Wars day, May the 4th, the 
uh, Young Jedi Adventures, uh, made some uh, some droid sounds for that. And you know, droids I feel like are just you can you can constantly just be uh, making new ones and coming up with new ideas because there's just so much there to to explore. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, like I love Monk the bartender droid in in. Uh, in, in, in Survivor, yeah. I love that design. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love the design of the droid in Andor. I mean, there's just all of these new droids. Oh, yes. So yes. As they, as they come out. Um, I, I did, a, I, I worked um, on an episode called Sith uh, for this new season of Star Wars Visions, which also debuted today. And that droid that, that uh, El Giri did is yeah. really compelling as well. And there's a lot of really great droids in, in this season. So, you know, droids. I feel like are always a win, and um, I, I feel like I, 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 every time I see a new one, I'm excited to think about what's going to ha- happen in the future. You know, with Star Wars, that there's still more to come, and there's still more droid designs to to dream up. And, and yeah, yeah, they're emblematic of uh, yeah. of the whole narrative that's happening in whatever era of Star Wars we drop into, aren't they? They really yeah. represent. Uh, a a focus for technology and and you're right the broken down droid in uh, andor i forget yeah. the character the character's name was just absolutely wonderful i but like let's brick like ferrex you know he almost was kind of like this brick like looking you know moving brick brick post um but anyway, uh, it's so good let's yeah. go back a little bit and uh because it's been about a year and a half since we've all gotten together and talked about star wars and the last time we talked, a lot of the Disney and Lucasfilm stuff on Disney Plus and uh, the sequel trilogy, I think, was was uh, wrapping up or it had wrapped up. But we we hadn't really seen the full uh, force of this battle station <laughs> as it has become online. And there's been so many cool shows since the last time that we talked. Let's go back and talk a little bit about um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh what it was like for you guys to did you did you both have any uh voice work or any work on on, on obi-wan kenobi yeah yeah just sam yeah. yeah sam what, what let, let's hear about it no i, I actually can't tell you <laughs> can't actually oh, he, he, yeah sam was doing some some fun stuff behind the scenes i mean we both were um i i can tell you just little parts here and there i mean i i worked as on the sound side of things worked on one episode as a yep. um, as a sound editor and, and mixer, which was the one where they go to Dayu, so the the second episode of the show, and mm-hmm. um, I happened to voice a couple roles, I think, in that episode as well, like the the four L four L O M looking guy, the the bounty hunter that was going after him, I voiced, and um, and uh, I think I dubbed a Zabrak in the hall or something, but just a lot of background stuff in that show. Um, that was pretty much it because it was happening at the same time as uh, Willow. And Tales of the Jedi and Bad Batch season two. So yeah. what's been happening with the team is that the team, you know, traditionally, you know, it was it was always a smaller team. It was Ben Burt and then Matthew Wood and then David Acord. And now Matt and Dave have kind of brought in other people like you know me and Bonnie Wilde and Kim Patrick. And so the the sound team's gotten a lot bigger and and uh, um, because we have to just kind of go after these different shows, they're all kind of simultaneously happening all at once sometimes. Yep. So. With Obi Wan, yep. we were only kind of um, uh, in in one episode now for me anyway, and then Sam and I did Luke Group on it and some other things, and then uh, uh, yeah, the same was true with Andor. Like I didn't I didn't do any sound work at all on Andor. It was all David Acord, and I listened to it, and I just was like, oh man, this is so good. <laughs> we're gonna talk, definitely gonna talk about oh, Andor. Sure. Yeah, what a special show that is. But uh, you guys are lifers with Star Wars. You're as passionate about it as I am, maybe more so. Uh, talk to me, Sam. What was it like watching these episodes come together on Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because I imagine even if you had a part in the the process and putting the work together, a lot of it was still surprising for you, how it all kind of came together. What was it like for you? Right. Uh, we, 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 me and David saw early version of that. So that was the surprise. The, pr- the surprise was seeing more of a stage play, which was great yeah, because yeah. you could see all the performances. Um, there were no special effects to speak of. So you were seeing just wonderful acting on the part of really wonderful work Moses in that. Huh? And you yeah. and all those yeah. folks. Um, so that was fun. That was really fun. I, uh, I loved young Leia. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, made, made a hell of a lot of sense that, that you weren't doing Luke because you're like, well, we, you know, there is a movie about Obi-Wan and Luke. Uh, yeah. So yeah. this is good <laughs> that we're, that, that they're strengthening a relationship with the whole family. I really appreciated that. 
Really liked it. I mean, you know, it's funny is I, I remember someone early on, someone was saying, oh, well, they're going to do this Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I and I remember saying, well, if you're going to do that, really a huge part of the story would be Obi-Wan discovering Vader that, that, Obi, that Anakin even lived. And I remember right. thinking like, and if you do that, you really have to play Obi-Wan as beat up to begin with, because, you know, and then he gets back on his horse type thing. That's kind of how you would have to do that if if you're dealing with, because if you go with the George stories and it's blah, blah, and it's at the end, you were my brother, Anakin, and you lead you right into New Hope, and he goes, you can't win, Darth. I know all about you. Um, that's fine. That works perfectly well. But if you are going to insert a story there, it requires that you deal with the human cost of losing your best friend uh, to some well-placed lightsaber strikes and tragedy. So, so, so I remember saying that to some people early on. So imagine how pleased I was when I saw that the writers felt exactly the same way. I'm like, oh, good yeah. for you. Good. Oh, good for you. I don't know why I went <laughs> Christian Bale there. No, I was very pleased. I was very pleased. I'm like, this is this is what I thought it should be about. But I didn't see the Leia connection coming. That was fun. That was a great. Yeah, that was a great surprise. That yeah. was a great surprise. And yeah, it, it hit me as a dad for sure. I have a daughter. And so watching that stuff, I was I was tearing up I, I, the the scenes between them, even when they're just hugging each other on the on the transport. It was just like, wow, man, they didn't even have to say anything. It was so powerful. That connection was so beautiful. And then, of course, what he says at the end about his parents, mm-hmm. boom, right through the heart, right through the heart. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it the same kind of vibe for you, David? Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting here thinking about it. I remember um being on the mix stage and you know i i was a fan of natalie holt's music from loki you know yeah uh, getting to work with natalie holt was amazing but as an added bonus it was natalie holt and john williams and i remember you know uh when i brought the music in and i started working the music into the mix you know uh the days leading up to the first time we're going to play it back um uh i just i had a i had a moment I had one of those Star Wars moments where I, you know, brought the faders up and I'm like, I can't believe I have <laughs> at my desk, you know, on a new cue that I'd never heard before that yeah. just recorded. And I just, I got chills, you know, and I, it, and it, the thing is, is that, you know, the, I, I get those a lot nowadays with Star Wars, you know, they're, they're these things that just are unexpected, you know, whether it's mm. live action, animation games. I mean, one of the things I loved about Obi-Wan Kenobi, speaking of um, Respawn was, the Jedi Fallen Order connection. Right. Yes. Fortress Inquisitorious. You know, I just, yes. well, this is so great. Everything's just kind of merging. And it's something that, you know, in the 23 years I, I've been with Lucas, 24 years almost I've been with Lucasfilm, um, that has been talked about forever was this yeah. kind of like merging of all the different mediums. And and I don't mean stylistically, Sam's absolutely right, you know, that, that you know, games have their own thing that they need to to achieve as do audiobooks as do comics novels and 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 tv um right films but there's this kind of um conscious effort to kind of be uh i don't know it's just tossing the ball back and forth you know and that's yeah. exciting when you see something that you love on the screen from a book you know or you see something that you love from a game up on the screen you know uh or you read about it in a comic or something um, that's really just, that's the stuff that I, for me as a fan is just really meaningful and powerful. And, um, especially when you haven't thought about it in years and then suddenly it's in front of you and you're seeing it, you know, that, that's so great. It's like when Thrawn th- showed up in rebels, you know, yeah, um, yeah, that was incredible, you know, and, and I, I love those moments. And, and so that's, that's really what I, what I like about this period in star Wars is seeing all of those threads kind of, kind of play off of each other. And, um, that's exciting. Talk to me about um, watching the duel with uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi and how that was all framed. I, I still have, I think it's the desktop on one of my computers, the the wide shot of the two lightsabers coming together in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sam, what, what did you think about the way they choreographed that and put put that sequence together? Um, well, it was interesting because it's... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. I, see, you're, you're catching me as coffee is kicking in and... <laughs> and I'm filtering a lot of things that I shouldn't say because of, of NDAs. Um, saw that at various stages of completion, and um, and uh, um, speaking of coffee, yes, <laughs> I, mean, I have a lot. Of, I have this giant uh, Yoda. Uh, oh, beautiful. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. By the way, sorry if I'm scattered. I'm trying to to do May 4th charity things that I have to do before I have to leave the house and do something else. There's a lot of different things. So so I'm not just being <laughs> I a, caught you I'm on a very busy Instagram day right now. This is actually <laughs> me trying to help people and get some charity items out and do some stuff. Um uh, the the fight was cool. I liked it. I like I mean it was it was incredible to um to see those two characters uh fight yet again. Um um, there, there, I thought there was some interesting, if you really look, there's some interesting subtextual stuff happening there. Um, I saw various cuts where it was less subtextual <laughs> and it was more, or that it was less subtract anyway, but yeah, it's, you know, what's funny is with the, the Kenobi series specifically, I, uh, I put so much time into that, that my perspective is a little skewed. I definitely mm. remember like the first time I saw it with no special effects, that was the sort of full emotional impact because I thought the wow. performances were great. And I loved seeing Hayden back in the mask and all that stuff. And I loved the concept that Vader inadvertently gives Obi-Wan what he needs to move on, you know, right. because v- Vader is looking at Obi-Wan being like, see your doubt and your uh, distress that I am sensing right. in you, everything throughout this whole thing, that is why you are weak because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you're doing it. You know, the, the Sith offer clarity and the, it's the clarity of I'm right. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is right. It's the, you know, okay, it could be a little messy. Maybe I don't want to do this or do that, but it is what is required. We're doing what must be done. Do what must be done. That's what they're <laughs> doing. So, um, so Vader through, throughout that fight, um, <clears throat> you know, he, you know, the first fight is I am what you made me. And then later when he thinks he could hurt Obi-Wan worse, it's, you know, you didn't he kill Skywalker. I did. I feel yeah. the better than I've ever felt in my life. This is the best version of me, man. I'm feeling great. You know, when he's all messed up and destroyed. <laughs> I thought that was an amazing moment yes. for the character that Darth Vader is so far down the rabbit hole. He is not thinking straight. He does not. Um, he is not examining what is happening around him. And all he's trying to do is hurt this guy, you know, and when he thinks it'll hurt him to. You know, this is your fault. You did this to me. You did this to me. And then later, you know what? No, I did this. It's me. I made these choices on purpose. And I would have done it anyway because this is the best version of me, which I think, sadly, a lot of us have known people who have gone and, and strayed and, and then told sure. themselves that that these awful traits that were coming out of them were like, no, this is the real me, though. This is me getting in touch. I'm just right. being honest, man. That's just being honest, you know, that, that, that stuff. So until there's a a lot to unpack and this is just part of the, uh, stuff that spins in my brain with this stuff. But like, you know, there was, there were, there were other lines of dialogue that went in and took, came out and went back in and stuff like that. But so, so I have, I have a very, uh, interesting multi-dimensional perspective of that. For sure. Yeah. Because I, you know, some of the subtext in, in earlier versions was, spoken so yeah. in my head i i hear james earl jones saying these lines and obi-wan saying these lines so anyway it's good stuff wild what's it like for you sam as uh someone that's so diehard and so passionate and so knowledgeable about all aspects of the <clears throat> star wars universe to see this stuff before it's cooked is it is it yeah is it is it fun or does it take a little bit of the magic away from you or is this what you wanted out of your career in show business is are you where you want to be with star wars i'm with david in that it would be nice to not get spoiled by these things right but i will tell you and or while we worked on it i didn't work on it so much that i wasn't surprised as hell by by how everything went so so there's still surprises to be had but what's fun is being asked to solve certain problems for them. That's fun. Right. David right. and I um, are going to be doing a little bit more of that today where, you know, we don't know what problems are going to come up. We have to solve them quick and move on, you know, and it's fun. Yeah. It's, you know, and these aren't huge, you know, uh, earth shattering problems all the time. These are sometimes very little subtle things. But the thing is, is that to be able to contribute subtly to try to make something 2% better or 1% better is really yeah engaging because it's a huge team where everyone is doing that so being on that team is really fun the the interesting exercise and and david maybe you can speak to this is that different artists are contributing their vision of what they think this is what they think star wars is and i'm very interested by that 
you don't always agree. Sometimes you go, well, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, this, this mm-hmm. one's for me, or I, I don't know about this, but the exercise of having artists come in and take some risks and take some swings is always a fascinating thing to watch, especially watching it come together. You know, what do you think, David? I was, I was just sitting here thinking about how I would answer the question of, of having it, you know, seeing it behind the scenes. And mm. um, I, I did say that about loving that, you know, I can watch a story and be giddy because I didn't know what was going to happen. But at the same time, I wouldn't change it. <laughs> you know, like, I just want to work on this stuff. I, it's what it's become, you know, my life's work to this point. You know, I've been doing it now yeah. for, for a couple of decades. I'm in decade three now, which is crazy. And um, um, I, I do like seeing it all put together at the end. And sometimes I'm surprised by you know, how something comes together and, and, oh, that's just beautiful. I didn't know it was going to look like that. You know, I mean, that happens sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't change it because I just enjoy working on it too much. And um, the other thing I was going to say, kind of going back to, you know, watching some of these shows and, and is that I can't help but think about behind the scenes what it's like for people to revisit some, some work that they did years prior. I mean, um, just sort of anecdotally, you know, going back and doing the Bad Batch has been been really meaningful for me because of the time I spent making Republic Commando. That was two years ago. Totally, man. 100%. Yeah. I was 20 something. I was 27 years old. And I think about that Bad Batch game we don't have every episode. Me too. I I love that series. It's so good. Yeah. So I think about what it must have been like for Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen to come back and do that. And how yep. it was, and that was really clear um, when we were look, when we were at Celebration in in 2022, and I, I got to attend the premiere, and I got to see them all yep. on on, uh, uh, on stage there, and and my son sat next to me, and we had popcorn, and we watched the premiere, and and uh, and you know, listening to 4,000 people react like that, I mean, that was just mm-hmm. an amazing experience. But I think it must have just been even more incredible for them having, you know, been in Australia shooting it in 2000, 2000, 2001, you know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's 20 years later and they're back doing it. I mean, that's, you know, um, that's amazing that, that people still love it this much and that we get to do this and we get to revisit ideas. is just, uh, I pinch myself. So back to not wanting to, you know, see something for the first time. Yeah. I love, I mean, I I just went and saw return of the Jedi with my son uh, a couple (laughs) of days ago and I love seeing things. Cool for the first time and remembering that experience, but working on it is just, I, I pinch myself because I'm just, I feel so lucky that we get. There's to also, right you know, in a, in a way Collins and I were, were rewarded greatly for having an open mind, meaning back in the day uh, of Phantom Menace coming out, you know, like, look, David and I also saw the star Wars movie that we thought we were going to get in our head. For you sure. know, we grew up with the three original films and in our head, we knew they were going to be doing, he was going to go back to the prequels. And I, I sort of saw a vague, unspecific version of that in my mind. It would feel like this, it would look like this, it would this, you know, all that. And Phantom Menace wasn't that at all. Yeah. It was something totally yeah. different. Now, Collins and I, who were, you know, we would talk about these things when a prequel would come out. And we... Because of our, because we were fans of George Lucas, uh, our perspective was, hey, why did he do it like that? And the more right. that we dove into trying to figure out why he did it like that, uh, the more fun we had with those movies, the more fun we had in engaging with the art in that way. And because we engaged in the art in that way, we were prepared when the opportunity came to work on this stuff. When Dave Filoni right. started talking about, you know, things with me, on Clone Wars, um, we were speaking the same language because he did the same thing. He studied that from a point of view of, okay, this wasn't what I wanted or thought I wanted, but what did you actually give me rather than what I thought I wanted? What do you actually yeah. give me? Because I had, yeah. you know, at that point I had taste and I had, well, I like this and I don't like that, blah, blah. What if I just push that all away and just watch the movie you gave me? Watch the TV show you gave me, this and that. So that's it's a skill that David and I have honed over the years to watch the movies or TV shows that are given to us, especially with the appreciation of how fast and difficult it is to make these things. No one really yeah. gets yes. how quickly. I remember going and visiting David when he first joined Skywalker Sound and he spent time, this was on, uh, he was working on Star Wars Resistance and there was a space battle. And at one point, um, 
I think uh, <laughs> Miss Doza go, goes like this with her hand, and then the ship goes like this, and Dave's like, I need to go chunky, like, <laughs> you know. And, and the, he's, in my, he's in my office while I'm doing this. And, I'm and, still- and he's going, okay, you know what? Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to go. There's some gearboxes in there that I think they did for the uh, Nazi truck, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, there it is. There it is. Okay, now I need a little bit of buzz. Uh, buzz droids. Let's get a little of that. And he was going from different movie to different movie and throwing things in. Okay, then I'm going to take that and I'm going to spin that backwards and reverse that and put it together and this and that and then he hit play and it's just and you're like and i'm like wow that was quick and he's like no that was slow i i never have a chance to take that much time on a moment because our our schedule if i work that slowly on everything instead of just going with instincting laying right. things down uh we're dead in the water i have to go by instinct and i have to move as fast as possible to make this schedule when wow. you realize once you start working on this it's all like that you know every, everyone wanted to you know, people have talked about like, oh, we love that stormtrooper in uh, Andor that, that radicalized. Sam Witwer played the stormtrooper that radicalized <laughs> Diego Luna, sent him to prison. And <laughs> that stormtrooper is that short trooper is the reason the Death Star got destroyed, which is hilarious. Um, but that's one that was like a take. We were in a yeah. booth. And we're like, oh, OK, a couple of guys do this and you it just go through that. the scene, do the take. Yeah. And that's it. And you're moving on. Yeah, and that's all. And, and so, you know, it's interesting. People don't really understand how hard all of this is and how fast you have to move. And so, you know, and my, my friend, Frank Darabont, he, I'd say this often. I love this story where I was talking, I was talking a bunch of smack about a TV show and he goes, well, I like it. I'm like, Frank, how could you like it? They did this and they did that. And, yeah. did that. <laughs> and he said, you know, Sam, for one thing, if you were younger, you'd like it. You'd like it. You, your window would be open. You wouldn't have all these requirements that you would put on it. You would like it. But for the right. other thing, Sam, it's a minor miracle in this business with any when when anything anything but yes, let alone yeah. great. So he's like, so when I'm watching yeah. this, I'm watching these moments, which I thought were really well done, and that's what I'm enjoying about it. Yeah. And this is the guy who wrote and directed the Shawshank Redemption, and I, I remember learning from that moment and being like, right, we can't make it about our ego. We can't make it about, I wanted this, so why didn't you give me this? We have to make it about, what did you do? I'm interested. What did you do? Now, when me and David are working on something, provided how much time we have, we're savage. Savage. Uh, could this be sharper? What do you think about that? Depending on how much time we have. Right. Uh, but I'm not like that when it comes to TV shows. I want to be, I want to learn from the artist that's making that. I want to learn right. why did you make those choices? What's this about? You know, um, even, even, you know, things that I don't necessarily think are for me or that I don't like, I'm like, yeah, but why did you do that? That's interesting. I love it. I, I want, I want to go down this thread, but I think we have to save that for the next time because I want to hit a couple more of the, uh, the shows. And I know time is not forever today. Let's talk about Andor, which I think dovetails into the idea of different creators coming in and making the star Wars that they envision David, what what were your thoughts on watching Andor come together? Because it was so different in so many ways, but in one major way from the other live action Star Wars that we've gotten recently, it was out of the volume. And it gives a, a palpability, I think, to the way it looks and the way the, 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 the show moves that it feels like the actors were all on real sets. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I had very, very little to do with, with Andor other than... Yeah voiceover in fact i mean we talk about things happening quickly it was like all right we want you all to read this thing where you say calculating hyperspace routes and then before i know it they're like okay we chose uh david collins david collins can you read these following lines and before i know it i'm watching the episode the computer talking to stellan skarsgård and diego luna and there's this amazing sequence and i'm like i i didn't know that it was going to be like that (laughs) that's awesome there's some stuff you know like you know i'm doing the stormtrooper i'm like don't look at me like i'm doing that guy you know and you do it to picture but sometimes you don't you're just collecting material and and i'm sorry to to just to end this thread and we can move on and just geek out about shows but you know one of the things that i love about this job is that you know, you're, you're, you're doing it in pieces. And what I get to do is I get to, you know, put that final little icing on, on the cake. I didn't do that on Andor, but say like tales of the Jedi or, or something like, or episode of visions or something where the director has made countless decisions and the team, the creatives have all made countless decisions to piece something together. And you don't always know what it is. It starts to emerge just like games kind of Remember when emergent gameplay was like a was a buzzword, you know, 20 totally. years ago. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they start to emerge and take on a life of them, their, 
their own as as the sculpture starts to reveal itself in, in a way um and uh to mix metaphors but but that's that's a really exciting part and when it came to andor you know i remember looking at it going i i didn't understand what it was so you don't this? know exactly what you're gonna yeah. see um and, and uh and so you 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 get to be surprised by certain things you know and um and that was one of those shows where like i went in as cold as possible because i just other than you know having seen scenes of people running around or a battle or something like that, that I really didn't know. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Bourne movies and Tony Gilroy, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. uh, you know, and yeah. Rogue One is one of my absolute favorite things. So I was mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it. You know, but I didn't know what it was going to be. Even it was so I, totally different, wasn't it? The I just face. couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, by the end of it, I was just I was cheering it. when the heist oh, happened. So I just was like. Yeah. So good. I was yeah. not expecting this at all, and I worked on the thing. Yeah, yeah. I we was we not saw expecting to be like, yeah, you know. <sighs> I just had no idea. We saw tons of pieces of that, and we had you know conversations. Funny, can you cut it out, buddy? Um, we had conversations of like, how is this coming together? How does this work? And the, and the answer is very well, extremely <laughs> well. You know that that this was there were some risks that were taken, and I feel like they paid off and walter has a lot to say this one buddy (laughs) um there were some major risks being taken in terms of tone in terms of pacing in terms of all of those things in terms of music in terms of everything and uh it was very different for star wars so you know what was interesting is what they needed us to do was go along for that ride so we surely you know did so and boy the reward was seeing a different vision of star wars that was just a bre- breathtaking i loved every damn minute of that show i was yeah. taken with it it was terrific me too and uh, yeah that's one of the only star wars shows that my wife and daughter we all watched it together and we were riveted all the way through hmm. and we were all crying at the end you know and and just put like the, the big speech it was just like holy crap it was so powerful it was so beautiful and what a setup for where we're going but the the show I think hasn't had the same I you know popular popular kind of impact that the Mandalorian has had and and we don't know I, for twenty I, years there's we won't know for a while Wars. you're right there's, there's you're a right. role with Star Wars yeah like you you just right. don't know until twenty years later or or in case of some things ten years later you know dude yeah. I, I you know Victor you and I know that that like. Uh, with interviews, I, I always make a habit of telling the truth, right? So if someone asks me my question, a question, I answer it. And then I learned in this world of people liking to take things out of context, maybe right. figure out a different way to tell the truth rather than give anyone a soundbite that they could use in a bad faith manner. Right. But this is all to, all to say, in terms of knowing how to respond to any of these things, you just don't know what the final score is until 10 years later. So with all of this stuff, people need to be patient. You know, the prequels are now seen as a fount of creativity, which totally again, me and David were on that page back in the day. We got on that page, We, but we had to put the effort in to get on that page. We had to be open minded, put our egos aside, because the thing is, is, you know, secretly when people say, well, I would have done this. That's an ego thing. Yeah, it is an yeah. ego thing. You want to feel like, well, I, I, me. Yeah. My ideas are what should be things, you right. know, but you're yeah. going to go aside and see what the artist did because you'll learn more that way. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been working with Dave Filoni and he's about to do something or there's a way we're going to go with something. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't agree with that. And then I say it, and then we have a conversation and then I see the final product and I go, I just learned something. I'm glad we went yeah. with this. This is not yeah. what I would have done. It's not what I would have done. And this is a better choice. Watching Filoni in those roundtable behind the scenes videos is is, uh, is kind of it's like a masterclass in, in creative patience as well. But also watching all of these other really profoundly successful creators sit at a table and just sit with their jaws on their floor listening to Dave Filoni. Yeah. You know, and the wisdom that he has picked up is really powerful. I had a great conversation with Katie, a short one, but a great combo with Katie Sackoff talking about her relationship with Dave. And you guys both have relationships with Dave. And now we know that, you know, all of these animated works, the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars, all of this incredible, you know, quilt building that he's been doing, all of these threads that he's been placing across all of these different shows is leading up to Dave directing a feature. And I'm wondering, 
if he's different? <laughs> Has he changed? Is he the same guy? Is he still the same person to work with? I mean, he's got a lot more responsibilities now. How how is that now? I mean, I th- I I think it gets better and better. You yeah. Know, just he's he's you know like all of us, we're all we're all, we're all growing and learning, and and so you know every time I work with him, it's it's even more fun than the last time. And and this is someone who wanted to work with him for years. I mean. Yeah. I was hosting celebrations so that I could hopefully one day work with Baloney. And I mean, that's not the only reason why I'm also a big fan and I love talking about this stuff, but yeah, I really wanted to work with him on something. So when we finally got to start working together, that was a huge thrill. And every time I work with him, you know, it's, it's just more and more exciting because he's just, I mean, <clears throat> you talk about watching, you know, uh, an artist just, you know, grow and, and, and create all of this, wonderful stuff that we're working on you know um that's been really really fun to work on i mean tales of the jedi we got to i got to work with him on that one-on-one you know we did those six episodes and and uh those were great by the way great to work with i think yeah yeah, those were really fun and he was great to work you know and uh super collaborative so what's interesting about dave and i've i've you know i'm not gonna quote people but i remember someone saying that well here i am speaking for people the reason Dave and George got along is that Dave listened. He did not come in, which a lot of creatives did, going, well, I know, I know how to do this. Can I, can I tell you something, Sam? That yeah. was a question that I asked George in there that you go. in that, in that That's where I got it. <laughs> you asking George. <laughs> George said in, you know, and then I, I think that went up on Star Wars. So come I said, what was it about your connection? And George said, uh, he listened. Yeah, that was exactly yeah. that came straight from George. That's and and I know I've been friends with Dave long enough to tell you that 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 he has a humble way of coming about these things, which is why you know again this is all all of this is how I you know for example why I watch TV and movies the way I do. I want to yeah. learn what that artist is doing and why, you know. Um, and even if something doesn't totally work for me, I'd be like, yeah, but what are the parts that do work? And what where am I being surprised by choices that I don't think I would have made? but they work. What's up with that? You know, um, you know, one of the things that, for example, this is a, this is a fun example, but Matt Woods battle droids. Yeah. Funny murder machines shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. You put it on paper in front of me and I would have said, no, 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 yeah. no, no. You choose one or the other. They're either funny and bumbling, which I uh, don't do that. Uh, make them, make them these, these mechanized things with solace and they kill Jedi and it's all scary. No, it turns out, they can They're be amazing. And that at yes, the same time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and that it's lessons are being learned here where you see things that are bizarre. And I, and I remember, and then watching them work and watching, watching people have ideas that are different than yours and seeing how they work. So I, I have, you know, I try to keep, I try to pick that up from Dave of like, let's be humble and watch this. Let's watch what they actually gave us and ask ourselves why they were making these choices. Um, I remember seeing, okay, here's another example. It has not Star Wars. I remember seeing Jurassic Park and enjoying yeah. it. And yeah. then my my very smart teenage self was like, yeah, but you know what? The book was better. You should have done this. You should have done that. I would have done this. <laughs> yeah. More humble, older me watched Jurassic Park not too long ago. And I read the book again. And I was like, I agree with every choice Spielberg made. Oh, oh my man. God. Having just read this book and just watched yeah. the movie. He was dead on with every decision he made and every change from the book he made was dead on. And I I hadn't read the book and I saw an early screening of Jurassic Park. This was way before I was reviewing anything, but uh, somehow I got an early. I didn't know what to expect. I was scared out of my mind. I was like literally screaming like, oh, my God, those kids. I was a teenager, but it was still incredibly effective. And and, um, yeah, you're so right. You have to walk into these things with an open mind. Oh, and and also, you know what you do? Pretend like trust. your friends made it. Pretend like your yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly. I yes. movies that my friends have been in more because I'm yes. rooting for the movie. And I'd walk right. out of the movie and go, you know, if my friends weren't in that, I might not have liked that. Oh, yeah. it's because I was rooting for it in the same way that a kid roots for a movie or a young te- right. teenager listens yes. to an album and is rooting yeah. for that album. So they're hearing into it. They're hearing what is actually there rather than imprinting on it what they think should be there. I would do this. My idea is this. It's like, no, yeah. it's not your idea. You're riffing on something that you're seeing. You're riffing on a finished product. It's, the di- it's a different thing. You know, it's you can have more fun 
if you if you really engage with these things. That's what. Well, I, I mean, the truth of it is that they're all made with optimism and hope. All of it, even if it doesn't turn out that way. And if you can come yeah. to it with that, it's good. It's just that we live in such a, a cluttered, crazy world with so much choice that it's hard to anticipate that and expect of that from your audience every time. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Mandalorian season three. Um, and some of the uh, uh, the ramifications of some of the choices in there. What, what did you guys? I know you both worked on it, but David, what did you think of the um, way season three? Really all quick, came guys. Together? I'm sorry to, to ditch out. I have to go now. I, I'm, okay. I'm needed elsewhere <laughs> uh, urgently. Uh, but it was wonderful to talk with you guys. Uh, Amazing to have you. talk, and uh, may the force be with you. This is the way. And that's right. <laughs> you got them all. You're the yeah. best, Sam. Thank you, bud. All right, David, let's talk a little bit about The Mandalorian season three, which uh, I I, uh, I loved. I thought it was uh, terrific. But, uh, you know, obviously, I see the crescendo and the waves of different opinion out there on the Internet. How did how did you feel about the way that it all came together? Well, I mean, you know, my perspective is always going to be someone that that was working on it and wanted to make it uh, be, uh, you know, the best it could possibly be. You know, I, I yeah providing a service as part of Skywalker sound and, and as a star Wars fan and as a creative where I want to lend whatever experience or talent or whatever I can bring to the table to make it as, as good as possible. And, you know, this was my second time working on a show for uh, Favreau and Filoni, uh, a live action show. And, but this time as the sound designer, you know, we had spotting meetings and, and so getting to know him as a, as a creative was just a joy. I mean, it was one of the highlights of my year last year, um, you know, uh, because we did the show from like, I don't know, September to about January. And uh, it was really, really fun listening to their thought process. And same with Rick, you know, he was, uh, you know, the executive director, he was, he was great to work with as well. And so, you know, they were swinging for the fences. I mean, these shows, I remember the first time I watched the last two episodes in rough form, you know, before yeah. all the effects were in, I just, my jaw was on the floor and I, because yeah. I'm like, this is a, I, I felt the same way about Willow. This is a six and a half hour film movie. Star yeah. Wars film. You know, this, this does not feel like TV to me. This feels like feature quality. You know, I and, say that every episode of the Mandalorian, and I guess this is also perspective of being around. So, but there, it's like, you have to remind yourself it's yeah. television. How are we here? How are we getting an army of people in jetpacks? shooting and flying at each other and, and blasting and smashing people with hammer. It's like, I, mean, I could the, not believe my eyes, man. The, 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 the kid in me just, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't yeah. believe we're actually finally seeing this. I saw someone online call it the Pelennor fields moment for, for star Wars, you know, yeah. Um, that you do, you have these just armies of, in midair clashing with in midair. Yes. And I just remember thinking, this is, this is unbelievable. You know, this is, yeah. this is the stuff of, of dreams. And, and so, Working on it was a ton of fun, you know, and yeah. um, having just come off of Book of Boba Fett, I, I knew that, you know, everything is just kind of like, like the universe is ex expanding, you know, and, and yes. the season did that a lot and, and, um, and told some really compelling stories, you know, almost, you know, like the third episode was so Hitchcock, you know, and, uh, and the sixth episode was so Clone Wars to me, you know, the one yes. with Jack Black and Lizzo. And, and that was one of my favorite episodes to work on, The Pleasure. I, I really enjoyed that episode. It was, I love the procedural, like they're detectives now. I thought that was so cool, you know? I spent way too much time working on that droid bar, uh, which was so <laughs> fun, you know? And I would get these great notes from, from Favreau that were all very story driven. Like there was one note I remember, he's like, you know, when the droid slams the, 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 the cartridges down on the bar, give me a bigger slam, you know? And, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. And he goes, no, like a bigger sound. Don't turn it up. Actually go back and give me a bigger sound. And, and I did that. And when we played it back for him, he just laughed, you know, like this wonderful laugh. And I realized, oh, he's thinking, you know, that just in that sound effect, the droid is giving Din Djarin crap and is annoying Din Djarin to the point of like boiling under his helmet. That's a right. story note. That's right. not a sound note. That's, Right. story note like that's that right the dynamic between those two characters the fact that he's like hey i found this and the guy goes oh yeah well, we have a lot of these you know and slams it down like that you know Wicked. it changed the droids um swagger in front yeah. of that glorian suddenly and those those kind of lessons when you're working with a director at that level you know where floney same thing you know you get this um you get excited about working in this business because you're right 
you're, you really realize that you are a storyteller first and foremost. Of course, yes. And you're working with creators that understand all of that technology and all of those different layers. They, they have a, a total vision and they know where to call on that stuff. It was just a great joy because, you know, I, I then grow as an artist, you know, as a sound artist or, or um, as, any, as a creative because you get to rub elbows with these folks that, that um, really have this macro view of what's, what's going on. And like you say, film and TV as a director's medium, they have to be uh, so knowledgeable about every discipline Right. That that uh, that that comes to bear on these things. And uh, and I just am lucky to be in the room. when those That's amazing. Happen. Well, listen, we talked a little bit about different directors, visions and different styles and uh, the awareness of uh, collaboration. And I think one of the things that really and the value of collaboration, I think one of the things that really sort of exemplifies that is Star Wars visions. And I know that you contributed to this most recent season I just reviewed it. I was blown away. Um, you did you work on every episode or or, or, or? no? That's a great question. I watched your yeah. review. That was great. Oh, cool! Um, so glad you like it. I mean, I so love Star it. Visions. Uh, I mean, it's an anthology series of of all kinds of different studios, different creatives, and you know, at Skywalker Sound, the the Lucasfilm franchise team, which is Jackie Lopez, Josh Rhymes, James Wilde, they've been producing these wonderful things like Star Wars Visions. Uh, Young Jedi Adventures, which also came out today. The Lego cool. Star Wars shorts, which are, are, are they're like 45 minutes, you know, like uh, Terrifying Tales and the Holiday Special. They've nice. been doing all these wonderful uh, Star Wars things in the, in the animation space. And, and so they came to us on the first season and said, hey, some of the studios would like to work with Skywalker Sound. Can you work with us on, a, on some of these episodes? So I ended up, I touched about five episodes in the first season. Right. Uh, one was just more of, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second, but I worked on the duel, which was such a Kurosawa. That was writer, you know, ridiculous. Was, that was so damn good. You know, I, I, I still up. remember the chills in my spine watching that. That was unbelievable. Same, same. I, yeah. uh, I, I worked on that one. Um, I worked on, uh, twins, the elder mm -hmm. and the village bride was the other one. Cool. And, that, those um, were great. Those were all amazing. And, you know, in some cases, like on on Twins, their sound crew had already done an entire pass and they wanted us to do a version as well. And, and what I realized about Visions was this truly is about letting go of Star Wars and letting people have their interpretation. And if they yeah. want us to give it the, the Star Wars sound treatment from Skywalker Sound with our entire vast library from every film and TV show and game ever, we can do that. If we want to collaborate, we can do that. And then there was another episode called TOB1, which I always called it Toby One, but it was kind of an Astro Boy type. Yes. Yeah. That's when I when I really learned what it was we were doing, and particularly what we shouldn't be doing. Um, mm. I got a, an early version of it before they had finalized the sound that they were going for, and I started cutting in Star Wars sounds here and there, mm. and I stopped because I realized I was. You know, because they were like, well, we don't know what we're going for here. It's every, everyone's trying to do something for the first time, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, um, so we, um, I, I cut in a few sounds. You can hear it in the final. You can hear a little bit of TIE Fighter in there. You can hear a couple of, you know, legitimate Star Wars, you know, from the movie type of sounds. But they were pursuing their vision holistically, including sound, to make that style of Star Wars. And I shouldn't go in and, and, you know, mess with that or interpret that. Yeah. Be what it is. Right. And the same is true with season two. So, you know, in the case of Sith, um, El Giri had their own sound designer and I came in and I, I augmented a few things and we collaborated and talked and that was really, really gratifying because their work was fantastic out, 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 uh, out of the gate. And I just kind yeah. of, you know, threw some ideas back and forth and then added a few things, but that was really, uh, El Giri's, um, vision. You know, and then um, I think in other cases, like with Studio La Cachette, when we did uh, the Spy Dancer, we did all of that, you know, um, and then the pit. I'm really, really um, thrilled with the pit. That's Leandre Thomas's episode. And Leandre and I have been working together since we were doing, uh, you know, Blu-ray documentaries for The Last Jedi, you know, because he is in the Lucasfilm documentary department. And this is kind of his big directorial uh, animation. Right on. That's Wait, awesome. I mean, you know, so everyone at Lucasfilm's just been so like rude. That's the one with the Japanese animation company. Yeah, I forget yeah. the name of it. And, and Lucasfilm collaborating to build the whole thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the pit digging for kyber crystals, and they're. Yep. they're I don't want to. I don't want to give it away, but yeah. But, um, but yeah, that that was a, a really special episode as well. And um, one nice thing about that is that uh, the foley artist on that was John Rush, who walked Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Three, three years ago. And wow. That was the last time I worked with him before he retired. So he just retired. But all of that, oh, wow. and all those props and all that stuff, that's all him. You know, just like uh, just like out in the Cairo desert, you know, and Raiders, you know, it's the oh. same same talent making that stuff. And and so that's amazing. That, being able to bring Skywalker sound to bear on these visions is is great. But it really is about what is, you know, what does this studio in this part of the world want to do? You know, yeah. and we help them. And sometimes helping them is also just staying out of the way and just, sure. just being a cheerleader. And um, that that's been uh, one of the most exciting um, projects that I've I've worked on in the last few years because it was so unexpected and such a learning experience for me in terms of what Star Wars. You actually said it in your review: what Star Wars means to the world, and yeah. how and and Star Wars through their lens is far more interesting sometimes than for us to come in and be like, Oh, it should be like this, you know? Yes. Yes. No, actually it should be exactly how you want it to be. That's the whole point of this anthology is to explore your vision. And yes. Producers at Lucasfilm are so tuned into that. Um, so I'm very excited about season two because you can I, really I can't imagine the doors that it must open creatively for internal as well, right? To see these interpretations and to think, like the bandits of Golok is my favorite episode in there. And just to think that we might visit a planet that personifies or, or, you know, creates a, a live action version of that. It was so powerful. It was such a, and I was shocked by season two, by how much I was like moved to tears in some of these things, you know, like it was really human. That was the other aspect of it by showing so many characters in so many different ways in it's like, you you sense what the, the the global phenomenon of Star Wars means to different creators, but also you also get the the concept of what the fear of the Empire means to different parts of the galaxy. You know, like it feels even bigger and more powerful now after watching Visions, yeah. which I didn't expect. I, I mean, I, I loved the first season, but I feel like the second season... And I hope that there's many more, you know, um, but it really kind of projects the enormity of what we're talking about here, you know, by making some of these characters so small and vulnerable, but but they have an innate power. And then and I get I got that a bit from Andor as well, like the the brutality that is hinted at and kind of uh, suggested, but it's never as violent and as as, you know, palpable i think as it is when when it's a street level in andor and then with all of these different interpretations and visions it really hits you know like there is a, a it it's not just words it and in a service of plot to talk about the value of hope and the power of hope in star wars like that both of those projects andor and visions i think really underline just what we're all fighting for here in this in this galaxy right yeah, and I, I, I suppose, you know, I wasn't expecting to do this, but just to, to lend uh, my support to the to the Writers Guild and, and what's going on in Hollywood right now. Right, yes. The, the writing in Andor, um, it's one of the first times since I was a kid where I wanted to memorize what somebody said. Right, and Tony Gilroy is going to release everything. Did you read that? He's going to release no. all the scripts on a separate website. He's, oh, wow. So they're creating an Andor... Uh, creative website so people can dig into all of that, which I think is just unbelievable. When 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 Luthen talks about, you know, I I I fight for a sunset I know I'll never see. Oh yeah. Oh I, God. I, I burn yes. my decency. I just I watched it again recently and I just was like, I cannot believe I'm hearing this. The same is true before the heist when uh, right. The name of the character is talking about, you know, the reason why the empire is so tyrannical is because such control is so unnatural. I mean, that yeah. stuff just blows me away that I've been looking at Star Wars for so many years and working on it for so many years, and it still can surprise me. Even something yes. as simple as a TIE fighter flying too low over your head, scaring the crap out of you. Uh, right. One of my favorite David Acord uh, sound moments and and you know the way it was directed and shot and everything where that tie fighter flies low over that valley and is terrifying 
you know, yeah. that, that the bureaucracy can be terrifying. Just the, the foot yeah. soldiers can be terrifying, yeah. you know, um, which is to go full circle, how we started the exact opposite of stormtroopers getting pushed off of cliffs, you know, yes, because they're terrifying in something like Andor that yeah. it makes it so satisfying to just like push one off a cliff and go hear him go, Oh God, no. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, I think why there's some, you know, there's like a, a cathartic release there of, you know, uh, pushing the fascism with the force, you know, and to have yes. power. You feel and, power. And, and you said this before, the last time that we talked, it, it, like the it, Disney investing in Lucasfilm and in Star Wars projects has just allowed for all of these different brushstrokes and all of these different ways for us to appreciate all of this, you know, and all of these different flavors and they all have value and they add to the overall, you, you know, kind of opportunity and direction that we get to go in with with future Star Wars. And we've got these three new movies that have been announced and Ahsoka is coming up and you're probably working on like six things right now that you can't even tell me about. I am. I, I do have a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, that I can't talk about. <laughs> but, um... Uh, what do you, but, what are you as a fan most excited about that that we know about is coming down the road for Star Wars? I mean, I'm very excited for Ahsoka. I'm excited to see what Dave does when he's given a, a feature. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I have to be careful because I've seen certain things. I've seen things that I have to remind myself. You know, it's easier to talk about things that I haven't seen um much of like you know i've seen some of these other shows um so i can't talk too much about it you know we just did star wars celebration in yep. london and while i wasn't able to go this year i was working on a lot of trailers that were exclusive to people only in the room you know cool. that still haven't been released yet for things like um uh skeleton, uh, skeleton crew. crew yeah um, uh bad batch season three which has been announced um yep. You know, these are all things that are are in active development right now and can't really talk about them, but hopefully we'll be able to, you know, down the road. But I mean, there's just I, I'm just excited to see what comes next, because even sometimes when you work on these things, you know, you mentioned some of those episodes of Visions and it occurred to me while you were talking that I still haven't seen the final. You know, uh, I saw them throughout development, but then yes. I was busy. you know, Visions. I, I want to give a shout out to my uh, colleague, Max Smith, as well, because he had to take over. Vision season two and do a, another handful of episodes that I wasn't able to do because I, it was right on top of the Mandalorian and right. Mandalorian was ending right as, or was starting right as Willow was ending. <laughs> it, was, it was, I will say the last few years have been the busiest of my career. You know, yeah. that I've made more star Wars in the last five years, probably than I did in an entire decade at LucasArts. And that was an insane amount of star Wars games back in the two thousands. Well, it's a, it's an incredible time, you know, and I think Sam is so right. Like, it's really hard to just sit back and, and passively just take it all in and know what this is doing on the fly. You know, like there there needs to be a little bit of breath, you know, to feel the resonance. A little bit. It yeah. needs to marinate, you know, and yeah, yeah. and and I don't like and this and all the Marvel stuff and pretty soon the DC stuff is going to ramp up like the the nerds are eating so well. And I, I feel like we don't we don't have like gaps between these rich meals, not to mention all of the other incredible work that's happening, like Ted Lasso and, and Succession and like all of these amazing things that, you know, if you're fan, if you're a fan of creativity, it's just like and, and games like all of these incredible games like Jedi Survivor. And, and so we don't I, I think there there is like, let's take a breath and look at where this is all going, you know, and I think that's one thing that you and Sam and I all have uh, to be thankful is the vast amounts of time where this was not possible, you know, like the many, many years where we waited for new Star Wars and, and dreamed of a time like this, you know, and now it's here and you guys are working on it and watching this all happen and, and us fans are like. And there's, no time to there's no time to and there's no time to reflect yeah yeah and uh yeah, yeah that's, that's really interesting it's well put you know i used to um i used to say to sam that i was envious of star trek in in one specific regard i used to say that star trek is a bit of a numbers game because yeah you know there's so much of it that if if they take a huge creative swing and it doesn't land it doesn't matter because people still mm -hmm. go oh man are you kidding me? Next Generation is one of the best TV shows of all time. You know, right, it doesn't right. matter if there are episodes that are stronger than others. Um, when 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 I started working on Star Wars, there were four movies 
Yeah. And, you know, there were some TV shows and things like that in, in the 80s, but there were four movies and we were making video games. And now there's there's just something for everybody. You know, yeah. there's there's so much going on. And, and what Filoni said about, you know, these being tall tales in different mediums, that's the exciting part. You know, that's the exciting part is we're getting to see where it goes. And I imagine at some point we'll be able to sit back and look at this time and go, wow. Yeah. Look at, look at all of that. You know, I, even, uh, you know, Sam or, or I'll talk to my wife about it sometimes and they'll say, you know, you, it's impossible to have any perspective. It is right now, because before you can even think about what you have uh, just put out, you're you're working so hard on the next thing, you know, Um so you're right. We're 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 getting a lot of incredible material. It it is that way on the viewing, on the consumption side of it too, you know. And um but that's I think this is a great problem for all of us to have. It's you incredible. Know? I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. It's what I always wanted, you know. It's yeah. like uh, when Star Wars was everywhere as a kid, I couldn't get enough of it. I was collecting it everywhere and then it went away, you know. Yeah. And uh and you know, the hunger for it I remember so well, like you mentioned, just wanting more and now it's here. So Anyway. Is there a a dream project that's still in Star Wars that's still percolating within you and maybe you and Sam have discussed? And is there something that hasn't been done? You don't have to tell us what it is, but is there something oh, that... Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of stuff that, that we haven't been able to do yet. And and certainly for me, I would love to, uh, to you know, to, to keep going with some of the live action stuff. And I, again, I can't talk about what I'm working on. So, but, I, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a lot that's coming that I'm excited about. And, and uh, I hope that if I just kind of keep going and, and uh, that, that I'll get an opportunity to work on some of these new things that have been announced. And, and um, you know, the, the last time celebration was in London, we were talking about, you know, uh, one movie, I think. And now we're talking about, multiple tv shows and multiple movies and games and and there's just this there's just a lot of great stuff happening and um and that's just really exciting so um for me yeah there's a lot of stuff that hasn't happened yet there's a lot of places that star wars can go we were talking about it with droids we were talking about it with visions um and uh, i'm excited to see that you know and and it's not just star wars we're seeing it with marvel we're seeing it in star trek is having this renaissance right now um you know, we're seeing just a lot of amazing entertainment coming out. And like you said, we're eating really well. And I just feel lucky to be a part of it. And I hope that that, that continues. Oh, it will, man. It will. It's amazing to have known you this long and to just to see you continue to flourish. And, and uh, oh, I, I love what you're contributing, man. I'm proud as hell to see your name in the credits every time I do. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to both of you guys for joining me on, uh, on May the 4th today on Star Wars Day. It's so cool. Thanks for having us. Yeah, may the fourth be with you. This has been great. 